to Telling the Tale. I'm your host, Mitchell Farley-Wolf, and I'm here as always with Dustin Jackson. Hey, Dustin, how's it going? It's going very well, Mitchell. What up, my friend Slice? Not not much, friend Slice. Uh, today we're going to be talking about Tales of Monkey Island, Episode 5, Rise of the Pirate God, originally released on December 8th, 2009, directed by Mark Darren and Jake Rodkin. This is the finale of Telltale's Tales of Monkey Island game. It's the uh, the end of their use of the Monkey Island IP in general. And this is the current final Monkey Island game. Until next week. <laughs> uh, <laughs> until just a little bit from now, when it becomes not the current Monkey Island game anymore. Yeah, something interesting that came up. Um, so, within the last couple days, we got... A uh, a new I don't want to really call it a trailer because it was just kind of like a one minute thing, but yeah. it was presented by Guybrush's voice actor Dominic Armato, and one thing we learned from this is Guybrush will have a scrapbook in it that retail retells uh various events from across the series so far so i think that pretty concretely puts it after tales of monkey island yeah i think so too um at least a good part of the game yeah uh i'm i'm thinking it might be the case that like i'm just trying to reconcile everything that's been said about this game which is difficult there's a lot of conflicting stuff it might be the case that it maybe starts in the theme park scene from Monkey Island 2 and then uh, shows how that resolves and then time skips to after yeah. Tales. Maybe maybe that happens. I'd uh, be down for that. Or maybe most of it or all of it is after Tales and then there's like flashbacks to the theme park thing. Because like, I, I guess the thing that I'm I'm confused about is how could it not do the theme park story? How could this game not do that? After just years of associating Ron Gilbert doing another Monkey Island game with the idea of trying to clean up the end of 2, which was always supposed to be carried on from directly, where Guybrush Threepwood had been warped into a modern-day theme park out of Pirate World. Uh, yeah, but it just doesn't look like it. It just doesn't look like this game's doing it. So I I don't know. Maybe it just isn't. Yeah, I mean, uh, Ron Gilbert's gone on record saying that a lot of his uh, thoughts on what this game should be have changed over the years. So who knows? Maybe he'll just say, all right, what happened in the past isn't in, isn't important. What's happening now is what's important. But it's we can't say it's it's not out yet. I guess I'm excited to see. Yeah, so by the time you, the listener, are listening to this episode, it will only be five more days until wow. Return to Monkey Island comes out. Which might mean, in your mind, that you're getting a this episode of the show, then five days, a new Monkey Island game, and then two more days, an entirely new episode of the show. Keep dreaming. Not oh, what we're you doing. you thought you had it. You thought you thought you understood our schedule. Not a chance. So what guess again, buddy. <laughs> I don't know why the why this is an antagonistic <laughs> schedule update. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's my. Fo- I started it. Uh, but 
the idea that we're going to go for here is we're going to do this episode now. Episode 5 of Tales of Monkey Island, Rise of the Pirate God. You're listening to it. You're in it. If you are hearing it now, we succeeded. Uh, we're going to do that, and then we're going to wait two weeks after that episode comes out so that we have uh, enough time, we're giving ourselves enough time to play through Return to Monkey Island, and then we're going to do an unnumbered, very special episode on Return to Monkey Island. Uh, I can't wait. Our very first very special episode. Especially considering how much this upcoming Monkey Island game seems to be a direct continuance of all Monkey Island games, then, yeah, it's a direct sequel to a Telltale game. We're going to cover it even if... Um, it is not itself a Telltale game or in the Telltale episodic format. Uh, yeah, and I, I think the the break helps since we don't really want to... Like, Monkey Island games are rarely ever long, but I, I still feel like it's nice to give us a comfortable amount of time to let it sink in. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to sort of base my expectations for scope and length off of uh, Thimbleweed Park, the mm-hmm. studio's previous... Uh, game it was also a point and click adventure that game was longer than i thought it would be uh wow but not you know not such a long game let me look it up right now how long to beat thimbleweed park i'm thinking in my mind it was like 18 hours or something that's a long time for a point and click game okay you know it might not have been that long it might have been more (laughs) like 15 because i'm looking at uh, how long to beat which is a website full of liars but (laughs) <laughs> uh, they all those liars are saying the main story is about ten and a half hours. The main plus extra is fourteen, uh, and completionist is fifteen and a half hours on that game. Right, and that's that's a stone cold fact they're saying. Well, they they're saying it's a fact, like all liars do. But <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's sort of the trick with liars and how they uh, want you to believe their lies. That's the the thing with liars is if they didn't want you to believe the lies, they'd be as honest as anyone else. That's true. You you need the fools to believe you. Yeah. If you said, "Hey, don't believe this. Sky's purple." <laughs> I'd be like, "Thanks for warning me. I don't even care that you lied." But uh, <laughs> if you make me believe it, shame on you, man. I'm glad you came clean in the end. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so I'm really excited about that game. I, Same. I'm maybe doubly excited about that game because playing through, oh, so, so, sorry, let, let me just finish the thought here. After the very special episode on Return, two weeks later, we're going to take another two week break after that. Uh, we're going to come back with an episode on CSI Deadly Intent, and we're going to try to cover every case in that game in one podcast episode uh yeah then we'll return to our normal one episode per episode of the podcast formula i feel like that's a good way to do it because after after two csi games i don't think we're gonna have as much to say about i who knows maybe they really change it up but i don't think it will yeah so it's supposed to change a bit because of the addition of lawrence fishburne which supposedly um has impacted the the tone of how the show went and maybe how the game is portraying that narrative as well and Lawrence Fishburne just being in the game is going to be pretty fun I think <laughs> yeah um so so that's interesting but you know on a on a mechanical level I don't expect it to change so much exactly yeah 
but hey, there'll be plenty of spatter for all. Spatter, splatter, spitter, sp- sp- splitsville, like all of the Spooter. all of <laughs> Spooter. <laughs> Spooter's going to be in this game, and we will tell you all about him. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to meet Spooter. <laughs> Spooter's gonna be a really cool CSI character, unless um, he's unless he like dies right away. But I'm fine to jump into something that maybe we might not like as much. You know, just putting our bias out there because I really liked this episode that we played for this week. Same, loved, uh, adore it. this episode. Very easily my favorite in the season. Yeah, when I first uh, played through it many a year ago. I put episode four over this episode, but now I think this one's definitely the best. And yeah. what a, that's a good situation to be in. I feel like not often does a Telltale season really... Like, th- I don't think they have bad endings, but I, I think it's rare to find a Telltale season where the best one is the very last one. Like, they just nail the landing perfectly. Let me think. Um... I, I liked the last episode of Back to the Future the most, I think. Um, oh, man, I don't I don't remember my feelings on the Back to the Future. I, I guess I might, too, just because it's the one with the most interesting things happening. I liked the last episode of Walking Dead Season 2 the best out of Season 2, for sure. Ooh, interesting. I, I don't know. I guess so. Um, hmm. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't think it's true for any of the Sam and Max seasons. Uh Yeah, like even I think the last episode of each season is good, but I wouldn't I don't think any are like my favorites. Even season 3, I think the ending's good, but I think it might be like in the middle just because there's a couple other episodes that are just so good. Yeah, the film episode of season 3 of Sam That's and Max. That's my favorite. It's it's so good. Uh Yeah, and and then the uh the episode with the boss fight against the puppet is is great. What's the puppet's name? Uh, Charlie Hotep. Charlie Hotep. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, that's yeah. a great episode as well. I think both of those are, are better than the last episode in the series. I think for a season like uh, Tales of Monkey Island, one where the uh, through line in the story is a little more uh, prevalent, um, it's. I think it might be important for the last episode to be the best one like the i feel like if you have a strong first episode like if your first episode is the best one and it's all downhill from there that's not good but i don't it it just makes the whole it elevates the whole season for me i think when it ends on just a really good note well the the beginning and the end of anything i would argue are the most important parts yeah of them so Maybe it's a bad thing that that third season of Sam and Max doesn't really do that so much because episodes two and four are the best. Um, all right, I guess. <laughs> I yeah, uh, but with this game, I I really do think, on further reflection, uh, my favorite episodes are episode one and five, and five a lot more than one. Wow, you you put one that high up, huh? Well, yeah, I kind of didn't get anything in episodes two, three, and four that 
captured the feeling of adventure I had in one, even just being stuck on the one island. Uh, there was a lot to do in getting like a, a feel for the culture of the island, learning about characters, learning about the, the, the lore and, and the, the um, interaction between various uh, elements of the environment, like the Marquis de Sage and the newspaper and the wind and the jungle. It all came together really well. The introduction of Winslow was super fun. Winslow's uh, great. And then everything else in the game, except for some... Uh, brief returns to that kind of feeling of environment inside the manatee or Mm -hmm. in the process of trying to free yourself from prison in episode four. Uh, I didn't get that feeling as much from those. All right. I I, I can see that. I think for me, uh, that's interesting that you put one... Uh, so high because I think it might be my least favorite episode not because it's bad I just think it gets better and better as it goes so I would Whoa. actually rank I, I would just rank them like one two three four five in order it just yeah, every episode weirdly. got better for you I, I think that's the only telltale season where that's how it works for me huh very interesting yeah uh, I mean I I definitely think that even if I think one is maybe the second best episode in this season, the upward curve is still visible in my rankings. It, it gets better as you go through it, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, at least in on average. Um, but let's talk about this episode. Guybrush died at the end of the last one, so you don't do much as him. <laughs> yeah, it's a really uh, it's a really short episode. But that's actually a lie because uh, oh. you play as dead Guybrush most of it uh you you get sort of woken up on the river sticks you find the crossroads that have been on the uh the the rug thing that the voodoo lady has the whole time yeah Do you know what i'm talking about um on the rug the voodoo lady had the whole time yeah so uh the voodoo lady's rug has the whole map of the crossroads on it Holy crap, I never noticed. And she's always talking about the crossroads. And, uh, <laughs> I guess I wasn't listening. <laughs> she, she's she's mentioned, I think, in passing, probably in previous Monkey Island games too, just throwaway lines of like, oh, the voodoo will come from the crossroads and, and like other things that I think you're not really supposed to pay that much attention to. But hey, we're, in, we're there now. The crossroads. Yeah, I love the way this pirate purgatory looks. Um, I was talking to another friend about it the other night about um, how lonely it feels. Yeah. Like, it feels like this is meant to be like a pirate's paradise. You know, you can go to the different uh, levels of the purgatory, I guess. And there's like treasure hunting, there's thievery, and uh, sword fighting, which all call back to the original trials in the first monkey island game yeah um but it should be like a pirate's dream but it makes it feel so lonely and isolated it you can really feel that this is not a place guybrush wants to stay yeah in every room that you're in you're one of max two and a half people and uh most of the time it's just you by yourself in that room in the crossroads uh but d- despite having this feeling of loneliness 
which I would normally say is probably a very bad thing for a point-and-click adventure game to have because these games are built on interactions with the environment, with the people and the things around you. And if there's no people and the environments are very sparse, you don't get much out of it. But I, I think it's a testament to the art and the music and the sound and the, the writing that makes you see that and not just think, oh, man, there's nothing here. And it makes you think like, wow, this is this is dire. <laughs> this is uh, yeah. This is something I really don't want to deal with right now <laughs> it it does a good job of uh i guess i guess raising the stakes like you can even though there's not anything really going on here you definitely feel like this is we got to get out of here this is bad lechuck is uh really just going crazy on the world right now yeah did you know lechuck is french for the chuck <laughs> it's true he is the chuck yeah Um, i hadn't thought of that (laughs) so one of the first things you see in this episode is uh the ferryman who it's interesting because we know that monkey island has this crossover dna with sea of thieves that has its own ferryman who is not this design um but i love the design for this ferryman I adore the ferryman. His even before playing this, um, that design is one of the things I remembered so clearly because it's just so cool. Yeah, listener, if you don't know what we're talking about, go ahead and uh, Google "Tales of Monkey Island Ferryman." Uh, You'll be glad you did. It'll look like if it's some bones, you did it right. <laughs> Good job. Uh, he's just a, a for I I don't normally gravitate very strongly toward grim reaper designs because i think that they are all very similar um that's interesting i actually yeah it's hard it's not a lot of grim reaper designs get very creative i think i still lean towards them just because it's such a cool concept and look uh and there's tons of similar grim reaper characters and i just love them all but i'm glad that this one has it's it still has like the coat the skeleton but it does it in a very unique way yeah the the shape is interesting um just the silhouette of its shape is weird and (laughs) i don't i don't know how to describe it it's just bones in a coat again but it's it's maybe my favorite iteration of that since uh i don't know billy and mandy maybe oh i love grim and billy and mandy yeah i love him but he is still kind of just the thing yeah, I, I guess it just depends on how you do it. And this does it very well. Mm-hmm. Um, and good performance on him, too. I love the voice. Yeah, very good. Uh, so he takes you to the center of the crossroads. And you're you're right, what you were saying before, you go through some trials of uh, thievery, sword fighting, and uh, what's the, treasure hunting. Yeah. And you do that... Just because that's what pirates are supposed to do in the afterlife. Uh, you hear a rumor that LeChuck came back to life by doing these things. So maybe you could do that too. But it's not even... That's not even really true. You you just find out how he did it in other ways. And uh, you eventually recreate that. But I love the idea of like, hey, you're just in the afterlife. Ra- rather than expressly starting you on the path 
to not be in the afterlife anymore. We're going to have you just do some of what you do in the afterlife and get a sense of that before we move you on in the episode's narrative. Yeah, I like that. And, you know, there's puzzles you can do here. Um, little uh, things so you're not just wandering around. But uh, overall, you're just kind of getting the the lay of the land. Yeah. Um, I think these trials are so depressing. <laughs> yeah, they are. Yeah, because it, it's meant to be like, oh, you love these things. It's meant to actually be an unironic... Uh, non-monkey's paw heaven for pirates. Mm -hmm. But then you go to the treasure hunting area and there's just a bunch of X's on the ground and there's treasure underneath every X. And the guy who's digging stuff up there is like, hey, I wonder what's going to be under the next X. And he's got mountains of gold behind him and he's just doing this for eternity. Yeah. He's done with other things. He's (laughs) only doing this now. That is so depressing. Yeah, um, one thing I like about this is all of the dead people, well, not all of them, but a good chunk of the dead people you might hear are the pirates who tried to ambush LeChuck in episode two for the Golden Turtle. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) All those classic, lovable characters. Yeah, it's interesting that they made a comeback out of everyone, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad... That is the case. I think maybe it would have been stronger if these were wholly original characters that they could design for the moment, but I understand why they did not do that. Yeah, it. something I was thinking about last night was how this episode really doesn't have a whole lot new in it. There's no new character. Well, there's some new characters like uh, Galeb, who we'll get to in the Ferryman, but like it has a lot of returning characters, a lot of returning locations, and normally I'd say... I don't think that's a good thing, but I think for the big finale of the season, I like that, uh, like, everything's built up to this, so you're, like, revisiting the locations you've seen all throughout the season, meeting up with characters all throughout the season. Uh, I think now is the best time to do something like that. I It really gives me uh, vibes of season two, episode four of Sam and Max. Uh, oh, the time travel? Chariot of the Dogs, I believe it's yeah. called. That's that, the one. Is that what it's called? Yeah, Chariot of the Dogs. It just doesn't make sense that it's called that. <laughs> <laughs> it's about Bosco. Yeah, it's about the, the time travel and uh, and spaceships and, and Bosco and ways to travel to basically any moment in the series that we've seen so far. Uh, mm-hmm. This is it, like that, but instead of sci-fi and portals, it's... Uh, just tears between the overworld and the underworld in in a pirate mythos fashion. Right. It's cool. It's really cool. Uh, so mm-hmm. once you once you do all those things, you happen upon via a, a, a very long process. A oh, we we should we should talk about Morgan. Um, yeah, in the sword definitely. fighting area. So, I love this part a lot. Yeah, you go to the sword fighting area, and there's a guy who's clearly like, oh, this is the sword guy. He's got a sword through his head, and also his <laughs> head is off. Uh, <laughs> this is the sword guy. Yeah, and then Morgan's just sort of standing there being like, ah, I'm depressed that I'm dying, and uh, <laughs> very understandable. You find out that Le- LeChuck killed her, not Marquis de Sange. 
Yeah. Whoops. Um, so in order to both cheer her up and satisfy the Swordmaster, uh, you need to do a very interesting version of insult sword fighting. That I is, love this. It's so clever. I I love. This is one of my favorite puzzles. In it's one of my favorite dialogue anything that we've done in a Telltale game so far. It's Agreed, so clever. Totally. Um. So did did he write in any of these down? Because I I neglected to do that uh, to get an example. I also forgot to write any. I was just. Uh enthralled by what was going on that I didn't write any down but uh, the way it works is you're sword fighting both Morgan and uh, Mr. Swordman at the same time and you're doing a take on insult sword fighting where both Morgan and this guy will say something to you and you need to find the response that builds Morgan up and insults the other guy um, yeah, I'm, let's see, I, I'm looking on the monkeyisland.fandom.com. I hate this website. I hate fandom so much. Um, <laughs> I'm looking for if they have some Morgan LaFay stuff. Um, they don't, they don't. Thanks, fandom. Would thanks, you? bud. Okay, so yeah, the, the general thing is. Uh, your answer has to be able to be interpreted in a way that is both an insult to the Swordmaster and a compliment to Morgan. At the same time, based on what they said to you, this is so hard to talk about without an example. Um, well, just imagine. It's probably pretty funny in your head. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, you cheer Morgan up and then she's sort of... Um, back on your side and, and she has the uh, attitude of like well even if i betrayed and disappointed guybrush threepwood my idol i am now still able to help him out trying to go back to life and kill a chuck and uh save elaine and everything so she she's back on your side and once you go through all the underworld stuff you open a portal back to the uh real world that requires a sacrifice in your name and uh, Morgan shows up and she uh, offers to sacrifice something in Guybrush's name. And it looks like her shred of life. But it's not. Uh, because Guybrush has a shred of life. That's like the thing he was holding on to. Apparently when you die, everyone knows this. When you die, <laughs> you carry one thing that you were holding on to at the time of your death into the afterlife. So, yeah, the thing that's most important to you. Yeah, so to Guybrush, that was not dying. <laughs> that's a good one. Uh, so he got a, a he kept a shred of life. To Morgan, it was her reputation. Yeah, she says she's willing to sacrifice that for Guybrush to go back. She says, oh, that's something I can just build up again. Yeah, so I wonder what that means. Like, if you sacrifice your reputation in the underworld, do... Does everyone who's still alive just suddenly not remember her? Or they don't remember I, her exploits or don't think of her I, as fondly? I think so. I'm guessing, yeah, she just kind of fades away. No one really has any interest in her and who she was or what she did. Huh, okay. 
So before you continue, I have a video up that has uh, of this part, and I can give you an example of uh, this puzzle that we're so fond of. Cool. Okay, so first, the sword man says, I'm the most cunning pirate on the seven seas. Do you know what my IQ is, boy? And then Morgan says, uh, hold on, I gotta, uh, she says, seriously, on a scale of one to ten, how terrible a person am I? So you have to find the thing to say that makes her feel better and him feel worse. <laughs> and so Guybrush says, negative one, if that. Good. That's a good one. That is, it, yeah. it, it, um, most of them are non-number based too. Yeah, so, some of some of so. them are direct callbacks from uh, the original game too. Yeah, uh, you can't say that without giving an example, though. <laughs> so, so what do you mean? Um, this is probably not good, Pod. We can move on. <laughs> yeah, just take our word for it that it's good. So eventually, Guybrush finds out how to come back, but he's a ghost. Uh, and by the way, I want to talk about his ghost design because it's it's the same character model, but it's just a little bit see through, and you you can see bones inside him. I love it. It's so cool. Uh, well, it it really stuck out to me because it looks like the ghost characters in Return to Monkey Island from even that first trailer had this oh, same shit, sort right. of aesthetic where you uh, you just see their, their sort of bluish transparency, but then there are bones inside that are kind of just floating around being bones. And it's not all the bones. It's like some bones. <laughs> it's just a couple bones. Yeah. Uh, and they're not jointed together. They're, they're sort of like abstractly floating away from each other. Yeah. Um, but it's very cool. I guess that never really occurred to me just because the ones in Return are so stylized. Um, this, this one is cool, but it's, uh, I, it's, it's a little more subtle. Like, Guybrush is see-through, but I feel like you gotta kind of be looking for it to really notice. Like, if you're not paying attention, you might just be like, oh, Guybrush is a blue ghost. But yeah. it's very cool. Yeah. Um, so he comes back to life on the Screaming Narwhal, which LeChuck has, uh, taken wait no this is not the screaming narwhal is no it? uh on the ship LeChuck's no i ship no no this is not the screaming it's way too big to be the screaming narwhal yeah it, i think it's, it's just a a ship lechuck had quite a oh, yeah, large because it galleon has, yeah it has the big uh skull on it so mm -hmm. yeah so lechuck is full voodoo mode he's he's just nasty he's uh in his old green skin form. And uh, he he keeps talking to Elaine as if uh, she's kind of on his side. And then Elaine says something very interesting. Uh, where, where do I have it? Uh, Elaine was in on it. Elaine was allowing LeChuck to get this far. Because she wanted LeChuck to expose the voodoo lady. Mm -hmm. uh, so both... Elaine, who we associate as being a good character, and LeChuck, a, a, a bad guy, are both really, really mad at the uh, the voodoo lady. They don't like her. 
And I think even though we get a lot of help from her in this episode to for, for Guybrush to do the things he wants to do, I, I'm ending this episode, I guess we're skipping ahead a little bit, still thinking, <laughs> yeah, she's probably messed up. She probably really sucks. Yeah, uh, I, that's what they're implying in that post credit scene, I would believe. And I wonder if that's something they'll follow up in in return. I have a feeling yeah. they might not, but yeah. it'd be interesting if they do. It would be interesting for someone other than Telltale to run with that particular thread. Uh, yeah. Although I, I think it'll be addressed. I just don't think it'll be the point or anything. Yeah. Um, maybe not uh, that that's something I'm very interested in going into return like because Tails sets up like it brings in a lot of new elements sets up a lot of stuff and I wonder like we know some stuff is referenced like we see the scrapbook picture of Elaine fighting Morgan from episode four but I wonder if like any of the big stuff will be there like uh, Reginald Van Winslow I think should just be a mainstay Monkey Island. Absolutely. Character. Yeah, but I don't know if he will be. Part Reginald, we haven't seen Morgan Lafay. These are good yeah, characters. These these should be major care. I think more so than a lot of characters that are coming back, like Wally's coming back. Uh, the three pirate elders from the first game. I would put both Morgan and Winslow above like anyone else. Yeah. Uh... Like, Murray's coming back, and, like, I get that Murray's funny, but I want to see Winslow a lot more. I want to see Morgan. Yeah. These characters have really endeared themselves to me over this playthrough. Same. I, I guess the thing with Murray is, he since he's more of a gag character, it's so easy to just fit him in anywhere. So he wouldn't be, like, a big commitment to the story to just throw in any Monkey Island game. Sure. Which, which is interesting, since I he has a much bigger presence in this game than he does, like, any other time, I think. In Tales? Murray? Yeah, even if it even if it was just the third episode, he's like a major part of that story. He's I not think that in, major. He's not. I don't know. I well, don't. for that for for that one chapter, he has a bigger because I think like I haven't played Escape yet, so I can't say. But at least in Curse, Murray is really just like a recurring background gag. So I like that he gets to be. Like, not a massive, but a somewhat bigger part of the story in episode three of Tales. Mm -hmm. Um, So, Elaine was in on it to expose the voodoo lady, but she's still saying, like, you weren't supposed to kill Guybrush. I thought we were on the same team, and clearly no. Uh, But for some reason, uh, LeChuck is still expecting her loyalty out of her, uh, probably just because he's drunk on the power of voodoo and he's not thinking clearly anymore yeah Um, but then guybrush comes back to life and then something that i kind of don't understand happens which is yeah I, i didn't really get this either elaine leans into it and then just says yeah lechuck i'll marry you and then becomes lechuck's demon bride and and uh she she accepts the voodoo and goes all dark mode and stuff. Um, yeah, I'm I'm not 100% sure what the reasoning is because that's like a big thing. Like yeah. the thing that the thing that I think it could be is just her having so much faith in Guybrush to be able maybe from where she's at she just can't 
Well, I don't know, because we've seen how competent Elaine is. Even later, we see it. So yeah. it's in, it's weird that she goes along with this. I'm not sure what the benefit was. I, I don't doubt that there was a benefit. I'm just not really seeing it. Yeah, I, I might... Maybe it's just, like, to motivate Guybrush to do the thing that he needs to do. Yeah, but may, that maybe wasn't it, explained if that's it. Maybe since Guybrush is already dead maybe he's the only one who can do this from the spirit world like maybe elaine can't go and like do the stuff with la esponja grande um but it, it it's not really explained yeah like you said yeah maybe it's just to get lechuk not focused on guybrush to say like hey you have me right now so don't follow him in, into places where you're gonna mess up his quest just uh I'm I'm a voodoo lady now, so... Yeah, like, he punches Guybrush back through the portal. Maybe she just wants him to be like, Oh, you won. Don't worry about Guybrush. He's dead. Yeah, look at me. I've shopped at Hot Topic. <laughs> uh, boy, we were talking about how uh, Elaine's voice actress, uh, Alexandra Boyd, mm-hmm. killed it in the last episode. She does even... She does a great job here, too, doing, like, selling the demonic version of herself. Yeah, it's really good. Is she coming back for return? Yeah, she's, uh, she was one of the first, uh, confirmed ones. That's with, excellent. Uh, she's Dominic. great. Yeah, it, I feel like that's a reason why, um, I'm not super excited to play Escape, uh, is because she doesn't have that voice. Mm. She just has someone different, and I hear she's not as good. Well, I can't right. say. <laughs> uh, so then you go back to uh, you, you go back to the underworld, and now your plan is to co- somehow come back to life fully and marry your spirit to your body, uh, which of course has not been buried and is used as the holder for a dartboard on Flats so Island in Club so Forty One. What an amazing reveal. Just the the look on his body's face just holding the stupid dartboard. You, you find <laughs> yeah. out they're having a wake for you at Club 41, and the only people there are Grindstump and Bug-Eye. Yeah, two uh, antagonists, I would call them, to Guybrush's yeah. success. Even I don't know here, why they showed up. <laughs> yeah, if... <laughs> <laughs> especially bug eye like grindstump you can tell was kind of uh he was endeared to Guybrush, but bug eye had nothing but contempt for you mm-hmm. maybe he just wanted a drink he probably didn't know there was a wake <laughs> yeah that's probably true um so you do a lot of stuff you use that locket again that lets someone's uh spirit enter someone else's body and you need to use it to put your own spirit into your own body excuse me your own spirit into your own body uh which makes you a zombie and i oh oh. one thing we should mention is um the reason guybrush is able to do this to return in these different places because there are rifts opening up in the pirate spirit world due to lechuk trying to open up the portal to there to suck up all of the voodoo energy to become this uh crazy powerful pirate god so his whole plan with like all the monkeys he is returning was to put them in very specific spots 
to open up a port, like part of a ritual to open up this portal to the the spirit world, uh, to use the sponge to soak up voodoo energy. That's the big motivation and plan. Yeah. Uh, so what you're doing, in addition to just trying to get your your zombie body back, um, is to you're, you're trying to fulfill a recipe that minimizes the size and effect of the sponge and it's basically the opposite recipe to what you did in the last episode where in the last episode you said you need something really stinky okay this time you need something that minimizes smell and you use deodorant and uh, <laughs> stuff like that yeah reginald's deodorant you need the, i love sense now you need something that is secret and you can't know yeah i I, it's it's interesting that it's more or less the same sort of puzzle from the last episode, but I like that it kind of turns it on its head. Yeah, there's a lot of like borrowed ideas from the entire rest of the season in this episode. Um, like the three trials are there. I think they're a callback to Secret of Monkey Island, but I think they're also a callback to episode one of this, where you need to go through uh, everything for the newspaper. Uh, and, yeah. and create stories of pirate legacy, and then you need to sort of redo the uh, the recipe for the sponge. And at the end of this episode, you have the classic uh, Lechuk bounces you around the battlefield while you are sort of stuck in place, just doing a thing in each room. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so th- there's just like a lot of recapturing of the earlier mechanics of this game. And every time they do that, it's the best instance of it I've seen. Totally. We were talking about how, uh, in episode three, uh, the part with the two manatees, it felt like it's, it, it felt like it was kind of along the same lines as insult sword fighting, but just done in a much, uh, better, less annoying way. And I feel the same about like, uh, the part with Morgan here and just other puzzles throughout the episode that just, really uh iterate on these in great ways yeah it's it's uh it's fantastic it's a good episode yeah uh who was it you said who who uh they said this was like one of their favorite episodes dan they've ever done it Tell- so yeah uh, yeah he was the ceo of telltale at the time and is now the person running um skunk ape oh okay cool um, what were the other ones? It was this, it was episode one of Walking Dead season one. Yeah, it was, was there, the was there Dangerous a Max 3, Spongebob, oh, yeah. or Spongebob. <laughs> <laughs> Strong. Um, and I don't think there was a Sam and Max one because what he was saying, uh, he was answering the question of which Sam and Max, I don't know why I said Spongebob, which Sam and Max <laughs> episode, or which Telltale episodes other than Sam and Max are your favorites? Okay because cool uh, yeah i totally agree i think i would put the this... remaster yeah i totally agree i would put this episode way up there mm-hmm. yeah same here uh it, it's it's one of the best ones especially if you're limiting it to like the point and click adventure ones it's one of the best ones for sure mm-hmm. um yeah, I, I think that I've just really taken to The Walking Dead Seasons 1 and 2, and I have a lot of episodes in there that I really like. Episode right. 1 of Season 1, Episode 5 of Season 1, Episode 5 of Season 2. Um, all three of those are probably in my top five <laughs> Telltale episodes now. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, wow. But yeah, this is up there, and uh, like like he said, Dangerous Three is also up there. Um, like we I'm said gonna earlier, say it. there's a bunch of stuff in Devil's Playhouse, but this is up there. I'm gonna say it. I think this is at least so far my number one. Whoa! Just because, like as much as I love Walking Dead, I had a great time with those. Monkey Island just speaks more to my taste and what I love. So I think the best episode of that is definitely gonna be at the top for me. Wow, Dustin. You really slammed the hammer down. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I'm not afraid to say it. I'm not afraid to go there. Yeah, you're ballsy. <laughs> That's what they call me down at the ranch. <laughs> down at the <laughs> saloon. <laughs> they say it's, it's, it's ballsy Dustin. So something that I thought was interesting was uh, they they said that the way that you get back to life is the same way that LeChuck did once upon a time, a long time ago. Um, and so you do the thing LeChuck did, and then you're a ghost, and then you're a zombie. You're on the same path that LeChuck did through the yeah, games. exactly the, In game the one, same. he was a ghost. In game two, he was a zombie. Um, and... I, I, oh, sorry, go I ahead. I think that... Oh, I was just going to say, I think that's part of why Elaine isn't all that... Uh, like, she's upset when Guybrush is dead, but she's not like sobbing going out of her mind with grief for him because i feel like she knows that this is something that guybrush can get out of like in the last episode she was really taken aback and sad that guybrush was killed but in this episode she's more subdued and i think it's because she she knows this is what guybrush can do if if lechuk can do it so can guybrush yeah so maybe next time he's a demon maybe next time guybrush is a (laughs) statue Maybe. Maybe he goes... We'll see. Maybe. Who's to say? Yeah, I... Ron Gilbert. (laughs) (laughs) We have the return of Benang in this episode, too. We do. Uh, There's a... We have the return of Benang, except when you click it multiple times, he doesn't start saying Benang really weird, which I I thought was missed. Yeah, but we learn that in in the world of Monkey Island, Benang is like grog for monkeys. Hmm. Have we ever seen Benang in a CSI? Um, I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think CSI is cool enough. Nor was it in Bone, to my knowledge, right? Well, I think Benang's debut was in season two of Monkey Island, or not Monkey Island, season two of Sam and Max, right? Not even season one? No, I, th- I think it made its debut in season two. I thought it was in season one. I'm looking up Benang. Okay. Um, Benang <laughs> is a drink made <laughs> out of banana. Uh, okay, so it says it first appeared in Maui's Better Maui Better Blues, that classic episode. Um, oh, okay, but I'm on the Sam and Max wiki. They might just be counting that. Uh, is If there was... Yeah, okay, so the Monkey Island wiki also says that it first appeared in Maui Better Blues. Yeah, because I think it's a drink for the sea monkeys. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you click on the bottle of Benang in Club 41 multiple times, Guybrush will do a dance with Jacques the monkey. This same dance can be seen in the third episode of Back to the Future, Citizen yeah. Brown, when Marty McFly asks a hypnotized Biff to do the chicken dance. 
Yeah, um, I think it's just Guy Brush's standard uh, dance animation they use a few times. Uh, I know Marty does that in at the science fair too. Um, don't 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 you get kind of annoyed when they've got like a running gag like this that they do in almost all their games, and then sometimes later they're just like, ah, I'm not going to put it in Batman though. <laughs> no, I mean, I I guess i get it like i don't think they should be uh obligated to I do. put <laughs> <laughs> i think that benang should be in it. every telltale game and if it's not in uh wolf among us season two or the expanse i'm calling shenanigans <laughs> we'll cancel this show right here don't tempt us yeah you know expanse you're looking you're looking pretty all right but uh if I don't see some don't powdered banana. space spinning in there, poofed, poofed, <laughs> I'll, I'll say, I'll say, poofed. <laughs> yeah, I, I bet you're glad you didn't name the podcast Benang Now. Did, was it going to be Benang Now? No, no, Benang right. Oh, like now, I bet you're. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it was going to be Benang the podcast. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That would have been good too, but I think telling the tale is too good to pass up. But Penang is also good. I also thought of Podnang, which is <laughs> Podnang is like so many <laughs> that leaps. even fans of Telltale and Penang would not get that. I think. Yeah, because you need to be a pretty firm Telltale fan to know about Penang, and then also <laughs> like. <laughs> Even even that person would probably be like Podnang. I don't know. Is that <laughs> that's you should, maybe you should have gone back to the drawing board on that one. Yeah. Um. So eventually, you're you're not a zombie anymore. You get full rejuvenation, full regular body, uh, and you go to LeChuck's ship. And well, no, you're still a zombie, but your spirit is. Uh, married to your zombified body now like so you've been using the locket to put your spirit back in your body but it's only uh temporary so the voodoo lady tells you that in her cell on flotsam island there was she had spirit gum which will uh merge the two together and just keep you in your body permanently but you're still very much zombified in green Okay, I, I might be misremembering the order of events here. When do you stop being green? That's at the very end. That's not until after you've won. Okay. You've beaten the episode. So, LeChuck's throwing you here and there, hither and thither, all about his ship. Uh, and you can't walk around while he does this for some reason. Uh, I, I think it's just because LeChuck is just beating Guybrush. He's really wailing on Guybrush this time. And I think it's that combined with being in your zombified body. Guybrush is just too weak to even do that much. Like you see him, uh, there's a part here where you have to lift a broken door and he's just really struggling here. Um, yeah, yeah, very true. Um, it's intense. This whole final, like LeChuck's always kind of, tried to kill you kind of but this time i think he means it yeah after the note in my notes the voodoo lady should just communicate better um i have the note that the uh the end boss fight arena is one of the best we've seen i think because we've seen totally we've seen set piece puzzles 
like this as the boss fight for uh like we've seen it in Sam and Max a couple times. We've seen it in I like the Trogdor fight. Um mm-hmm. stuff like that. But the Mer people are all swimming toward LeChuck. They're mad at LeChuck. LeChuck makes some uh, non-binary phobic remark about the Mer people's sexuality that I think gets brushed under the table because it's 2009. And then uh, the Mer people all throw their tridents at him, and he stops time. So there's this like uh, wall of tridents flying through the air, about to hit LeChuck's ship, but they're just frozen in midair. And I. I kept thinking my game was fucking up. I kept forgetting that time froze and I would just see the trident stuck in the air and I'd be like, oh, uh uh-oh, did something go wrong? Oh, no, that's how it's supposed to be. Oh, well, it's cool if you remember. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's great. It looks cool if if you know it's not wrong. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) but I just feel like every single time it would cut back to one of these scenes... Every single time I'd be like, what's that doing? Oh, wait, no, now it's cool. Yeah, it does have the unfortunate um, similarity to a very common video game glitch where you just see stuff floating in air, like T-posing or something. It looks mm-hmm. kind of like that. But no, it's on purpose. Uh, the tridents are just stopped. And there's a horde of skeletons that are coming from the depths of depravity to fight Elaine, and she's fighting them all off. And there's... Uh, like the sky is red and the ocean is red and all this what stuff's cool happening. It's piece. so cool. Yeah, I think this is like the only time in a in any Monkey Island game that I've played that feels like an actual final showdown with LeChuck. Like there's such good build up to it. The set piece is great. In all the other Monkey Island games, like yeah, you're battling LeChuck, but it still feels pretty jokey. Like, even in 2, you're being, like, teleported around, and you're just like, oh, well, in, geez, in two, let's talk about this. 2 is, like, the, the complete opposite end of this, where it intentionally tries to belittle the fight you're having with LeChuck in order yeah. to make you think that it's all in your head. Um, yeah. So, but like, even that's in, the like, far opposite. But you're right. Like, in, if you are going for the epic vibe, I think this is the, the peak of that. Yeah, totally. And it, it works so well. I think I said this in another episode, but um, I think at the time I was a little hesitant because, well, maybe hesitant is not the word, but I was thinking about how Monkey Island is a very jokey series, and this season is like the one time where it feels like there's actual stakes, actual uh, emotion in the in the storytelling, and I wasn't sure if it would work for a series that's always been so jokey, but I think it works perfectly. Yeah, I will say that if you compare the tone of Monkey Island's one or two with Tails, they don't feel like the same design DNA at all. Yeah. They just don't. Every Monkey Island game feels so different uh, from each other, at least starting with two. Mm-hmm. And... This game feels more like a Sam and Max game in a lot of ways, where the the stakes... It's funny, but the stakes do ramp up to seriousness eventually. Yeah, Um, and Mitchell, I'm going to drop another... uh, I'm going to drop another hammer down. Okay. I think over the course of the whole Monkey Island series, Mm -hmm. I think Tails is my favorite one. 
Whoa! I don't I don't know Whoa. if it's the best. I I think two is still probably the better game. But I think overall, Tales is my favorite in the whole series. I think there's just so much that it does better, even. Like, we've we've talked about the voice acting. I think the storytelling is a lot better for the most part. Um, it makes 2, even though 2 is such a classic, to me it makes 2 feel kind of quaint. Like, it feels like a much smaller scale story and characters. And I, I just think this knocks it out of the park in so many other areas. Um, even if gameplay-wise, 2 is the better one of the two. But I think everything else puts Tails at the front of the list for me. I think that if I were to rank your hot takes... Is that up there? <laughs> it's my favorite one! Uh <laughs> I, I disagree more with that one than I do with this episode being the best Telltale game, is what I'll say. Ooh. Yeah, I, I mean... I think this, I, this I, is genuinely very high up on, on the, my list of best Telltale games. I, I still think that Secret and 2 are better games than Tales of Monkey Island, though. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. I think overall 2 is probably the better. I, I definitely put this over 1. I think 1... <laughs> you know what? I think I might even, well, mm, I don't know. I'm saying I might even put Curse over one, but I don't know. Yeah. I don't think I can say, I think the graphics are doing a lot of the heavy lifting for Curse. Yeah, but that is part of it. It's not like that's not valid. Yeah, like, yeah, I mean, that's part of why Tales is my favorite one, is all the other things besides the gameplay. I think... We, we've sung the praises of how good all the voice actors do. All these breakout characters like Winslow and Morgan. Uh, well, those plot. are the two. Let's not say all these and then say all of them <laughs> better, too. Of it, it, it still has a lot of good ones. I like uh, Coronado de Cava. I like all of the pirates in the manatee. Uh, but uh, still, yeah, I think this uh, does a lot of things better than two and things that I are important to me, but yeah, I can't say it's better, but I love it. I love Tales so much. And something I think is interesting is I've been talking to a lot of friends who've been playing through the Monkey Island series, and it feels like everyone has a different favorite. Um, who, not who, who are you talking about? What are, what are the popular favorites? They're, um, they're not friends you know, but... Okay. Um, like, one friend likes two best, one likes curse best, I have another who likes... The first one, the best. I like Tails the best. No one likes Escape the best. <laughs> um, yeah, I really would like to play Escape before Return comes out next week. Uh, yeah, same. I don't know if I'll get to because it's such a narrow time frame, but I'm going to try. Maybe I'll play it on... Maybe I'll stream it on a Discord server with some friends and we can all watch Ooh, that's, Escape. That's a good idea. Yeah. Then we can both experience it at the same time. Mm. Yeah, we can do that. Um... Yeah, I mean, tail, number two is my favorite. Uh, I, I've i only played one, two, Curse, and Tails. I've not played Escape, so I can't speak on Escape, but, you know, from... Yeah. It seems like it might be the worst. Um, <laughs> my order had previously been two is the best, then Tails, then one, then Curse. Mm-hmm. Um, and despite 
really finding some new stuff I like about this series uh, or, or this season while we've been playing through it. I think my appreciation of it has actually gone up. I still think that somehow it made it go down below secret for me. I I think the thing is, Tails has some very high highs, but also some lows. Like, uh, the, the first couple episodes are not really... Well, you were saying you love the first one. Well, love might be a strong word, but, uh, you know, you like one a lot, but there are some dips in this season. It's inconsistent, and, and I think that really yeah. hurts it. And I, I can agree to that, but I just think the highs are so high that it really elevates it to... And especially this episode. I think this episode, after playing it through all of them, it makes me really think about all the things I've really enjoyed throughout the whole season. And it, it just puts it right up there for me. It makes me think about some things that I really like at first, and then they don't nail the ending, and then that kind of sours it forever. But, like, is that fair, really? I was thinking about uh, WandaVision in this regard. Um, because WandaVision is a show that there was nine episodes. And for hmm. the first, like, four or five, I was really on board. I really liked what it was doing. I liked what it was saying. I liked the style of how it was presenting, like, the the cinematography of it a lot. Did you see WandaVision? No, I did not watch it. Do you know what it's about? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, just the the TV stuff they were doing, the the references to other TV shows, the uh, the way they were using those references to inform the uh, the story of this character's mindset, like throughout the show. I really liked it, and then I really did not like the last two episodes. I thought it fell apart almost completely, and I I've been thinking about that show ever since it finished. Of like. Do I say I really like WandaVision? Because I really, really like the first half of that show. And the later episodes don't make the first few episodes not exist anymore. Mm-hmm. But it does it is part of my it, enjoyment. Yeah, it's part of it. And I can say, like, Twin Peaks is another one of my favorite shows. Um, and in the middle of Twin Peaks, there's, like, four or five episodes that are complete horse ass like complete not anything (laughs) bad episodes um and those because they're in the middle i think don't matter to me as much because i like the end and i like the beginning a lot right um those are the important parts yeah so so maybe i guess the the takeaway here is maybe it's more important to have the good parts in a good place than to have more good things yeah maybe like i feel like it makes the lower parts in the middle not feel as damaging yeah is is because if the last episode of your thing like this season of, of monkey island is incredible then i'm going to leave it thinking like oh that was great but then i kind of i need to force myself to recognize oh i just of, spent about four episodes actually thinking pretty lowly of it compared to my memory not lowly in general of like oh this is a bad game but worse than i remembered uh Mm -hmm. and then episode five brought it way back up like i don't know how to reconcile that and call that a good season or not i mean it is a good season just how good is it compared to some other stuff we've played is interesting i like what you're saying though i i (laughs) thanks i think for for your taste especially what i've learned about them doing this podcast uh 
uh, I, I totally buy it. And I think that there are many people out there that are probably going to agree with you that this is uh, one of the best Telltale games. And this episode in particular is one of the best Telltale episodes. And uh, maybe even agree with you, may, less so this, but maybe even agree with you <laughs> that this season is the best Monkey Island game. Yeah, I ha- I... I've gone around seeing some people's opinions, and I don't think I've seen anyone say this is, like, their favorite Monkey Island game. But I have seen a lot of people replay this now that Return is coming out and enjoy it a lot more than they remembered they did or playing it for the first time and really enjoying it. Um, Yeah, I feel like even the episodes before this... in general, I would say I had a higher opinion of than you did. And I think it's just because I like this world and these characters so much that it elevates it. Even if even if the puzzles aren't as good in some spots, even with the lows, I think it can only go so low in my mind because I like so much about it. Like, even if... Like, I would say the first episode is still my least favorite, but I still love it a lot because I'm here with my good friend Guybrush and <laughs> Reginald Van Winslow. Yeah. We're having a great time, and I love the way it looks. I'm just having a great time. I'm hoping for that reason that Escape turns out to be pretty enjoyable. Uh, yeah, I'm same. I'm going to hang out with my good friend Guybrush just for a little yeah, bit. Like, Don't worry. It's monkey. Even if it's the worst Monkey Island, it's still a Monkey Island. But who knows? Maybe it's. I have a friend who like hates it. Who says it's like awful. But I've seen reviews for it that say it's still pretty good. So I'm I'm happy to give it a chance. I just looked it up on how long to beat uh, Escape from Monkey Island. Um, mm. Main story ten and a half, and completion is twelve hours. Pretty yeah, pretty I think. It's a little longer than the original Monkey Islands, but those are old yeah. games, so th- that's pretty standard, I think. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'll go in with an open mind. It's the only Monkey Island game to have ever gotten a physical console release. Yeah, PS2. Yeah, everything else is uh, PC or digital only. Yeah. Actually, nothing's um, digital only. Even Tails got a physical <laughs> release, but it most of it's just PC. Yeah. Um, but kind of steering back to this episode of Tales. Oh yeah, the good um, one. How do you, <laughs> how do you feel about this big final showdown with LeChuck? It's very cool. Uh, I I think that we've been playing a lot of Telltale games recently that that try to um, subvert the expectation of the big showdown in the final episode. Uh, with season two of the walking dead especially that showdown at the end is so quiet and lonely and and stressy in comparison to an epic adventure end like this that just seeing this um approach again and seeing it in a way that is so successful is really refreshing and uh it's just really fun the puzzle is cool it comes down to just a, a very simple thing you need to use the cannon on the ship to shoot Guybrush back into the portal that's, like, really high into the sky. Yeah. Once you do that, you're good. And that, I think that's the episode. You don't need to do anything else after that. There is one other small thing oh, afterwards. Oh, no, you're right. You're totally right. Puts a little bow on it. Um, a ring around it, maybe. 
you might call it. Yeah. <laughs> but when I was doing this, I was thinking about how something like this could be annoying. Like how you're really not given in very much time at all in any of these spots before LeChuck comes and just knocks the crap out of Guybrush. Yeah. Um, but I think for a, the big final showdown, it really works because you want to feel that stress. You want to feel like, how how the flip is Guybrush going to get out of this one? He's really letting me have it. Um, but I can see it also being annoying to some people. But it, it's not a super complicated puzzle. Yeah, I will admit that I went around a few more times than necessary because Same. I was... Uh, I think if they give you like three more seconds in each room... That would really go a long way into making it feel better uh, mm-hmm. because you are not given that much of a buffer room if you just know exactly what to do in each room in order to trigger the events that get you in the cannon and then the cannon firing at the thing. Uh, right. Even if you know it all, w- which takes a, a few rounds to get a hand on, it's still pretty tricky to, to do it. And like, I don't love timing actual difficult timing being introduced into these point and click adventures i think that it's uh like a a weirdly dis uh different skill yeah i i agree but like i said i do think it works here for this big uh final showdown where you you kind of want to feel uh the strip i i'd much rather have this final showdown be tricky than be like super easy than give you like a huge window of time mm-hmm. yeah i yeah I, I get it um but i think the difficulty should probably be in the puzzle solving and not like clicking and yeah how fast you can fig like look on the screen and, and find an object it just it, it hasn't been what the game has been testing you on up to this point so it, mm-hmm. it feels like an irrelevant test a little bit. Uh, but the, you, One, it does help the stress and, and the narrative, uh, just the tone of everything. It makes it feel very... Uh, it, it could go either way. Maybe you don't win this one, You, even though you could keep on getting knocked around for infinity and, and yeah. not have it break <laughs> down. Yeah, there's no way to, like, fail this or get a game over or anything. But at the same they do a lot to really make it feel like uh, this could be the end of Guybrush. Like, the whole time he's getting the shit beat out of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, he, like, anytime Guybrush talks, he's, like, coughing. He's, like, having the wind knocked out of him. He's really not doing well. Yeah, good video so, work on this scene for Guybrush, just uh, making him yeah. sound really weak. On all three of them, on Guybrush, Elaine, LeChuck, it's great, just all around. Like, you can feel the uh, strained desperation in Guybrush. You can hear, uh, like, anytime he and Elaine talk, you can feel, like, the stress and fear in, Ela- in Elaine. Mm-hmm. Uh, Guybrush is like, uh, plunder bunny, and she goes, Picaroni! <laughs> yeah. And, like, LeChuck's really you could i really like the demonic filter they put on him it's kind of what they do in three but up until now in tales he hasn't had this so it goes a long way of uh making him feel like oh he's really powerful he could he could probably win yeah um 
I, I, I love all the little exchanges that Guybrush and Elaine have during this boss fight, too. It, anytime you want to talk to each other, uh, she's she's very busy fighting off hordes of skeletons, but she's not upset to, oh, hey, what's up? What's going on? Uh, yeah, she knows she knows that uh, Guybrush has a plan and she will help out and make she knows she has to help make this work. Yeah. Um, so you get sent back through the portal to the underworld. LeChuck comes up and he's like halfway through the portal. And the way they kill him is that his body needs to be stabbed on the earthly realm side by Elaine. At the same time that his soul is stabbed in the crossroads by Morgan Lefley. Uh, so they're, I... they're helping each other out. They're stabbing him at the same time, which is just enough to both kill LeChuck but also, unfortunately, close the 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 uh, tear to the crossroads with Guybrush stuck inside. Yeah, so you learn from Galev, who uh, we didn't really mention up until now, but he's just a guy in the crossroads, mm-hmm. that you can close the portal by a sacrifice of your own. And so Guybrush sacrifices his last string of life mm-hmm. to close this portal and kill LeChuck. Yeah, um, so it's worth noting that the like the recipe for opening the portal was um, something related to courage, something related to um, a guide, a guide, something. A guide is the to dog. Roundness, and then, I think. Oh uh, yeah, and then I, a sacrifice. Yeah, I like that the courage is liquid courage, i.e. grog. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all, all of them are it's very, clever. very in, like it's literally a guide dog or it's literally a drink that makes you more courageous. Yeah. Oh, the second one is just an anchor, which you find, which isn't that creative. But oh, the other an anchor, ones are, yeah. So. Um, but then after being stuck there for a long time with only a few things in your inventory, you realize that your wedding ring is a ring that represents all four of those things. Courage, anchor, guide, and... Uh, uh, a sacrifice so then you you put that there and then you can get transferred back to the mortal world and you're all good that's the end of the game how do you feel about elaine's wedding ring being with you for the entire season yeah. you you never use it but then it's used for like the final it paid off it most... paid off pretty yeah. well yeah yeah um so i like it's it's very sweet in our episode on episode two uh I I forgot how I forgot what it was gonna be. Uh, so when Elaine, I says, remembered it but didn't want to say. Yeah, I, I could tell. <laughs> when Elaine <laughs> gives you the ring and says, "Okay, don't lose it," and then he looks at the screen and is like, <laughs> like I would do, like I would lose it, something. <laughs> the guy brush three wood. <laughs> Casually losing an important thing never happens. <laughs> um, and I I. I bought it, you know, what they were doing was, okay, so he's going to lose it. They're trying to make you think that. Uh, But no, he doesn't the whole time. And it just is used at the end to to bring him back. It's the very last item in the game that you use. Very well executed. uh, Good red herring on the idea that you might lose it. Good Mm -hmm. stuff. Good. This episode's really well written. You know what? Something I really like... um... I didn't think about it until now, but I like that even though uh, Guybrush is the one who, like, does all the setup to get LeChuck trapped, it's Elaine and Morgan that do the finishing blows against him. I like the uh, the teamwork between all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, which is interesting, because I don't think Morgan and Elaine have ever... 
Well, they were mad at each other in the last episode, so they had a fight. Uh, yeah. But outside of that, like, pox-addled Elaine personality, I don't think they've ever talked. Yeah. Well, I think one thing, too, is I don't think Elaine knew that Morgan was helping out. I, I think she just assumed, like, Guybrush would attack him from the other side or something. Mm, yeah. But, no, it's uh, Elaine attacks on the physical world, and uh, Morgan's spirit kills him on the spirit side. And that kills LeChuck in both. So Guybrush goes back to the ship that uh, Winslow and Elaine are on. And it's a happy ever after moment. Elaine says what I was thinking the whole time. uh, And probably a (laughs) lot of Spanish speaking people were thinking the whole time. Which is that it's supposed to be pronounced Esponja with a with a H J rather than Esponja. (laughs) Yeah, she said it's been bothering her the whole time. Uh, it's been bothering her the whole time. Probably added very late in development as a response to fan feedback. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I like that. <laughs> I like that joke a lot. Then the credits roll. And then after the credits, you get this scene with Morgan and the voodoo lady. Where Morgan reveals that she was working for the voodoo lady in secret the whole time. The voodoo lady gives Morgan uh, her life back, so she comes back to life and says very ominously, yeah, we're not done. You have something else to do. And then uh, there was no Monkey Island games for 13 years. (laughs) Yeah, whoops. Yeah, 13 years after that uh, set up for whatever the voodoo lady was actually doing. Morgan brings the voodoo lady a a vial of LeChuck juice. Mm -hmm. Gross. Yeah, well, she also says... uh, I guess it sounds like she's not necessarily... She's going to let her go back to the land of the living, but she's... It sounded like she's still going to be a ghost pirate. She mentions ghost pirate hunter Morgan LaFleur. Yeah. I, I, well, it, I guess it depends on what the voodoo lady just gave her. Um, yeah. Like, it, did she actually give her a life back? Could the voodoo lady, even in her all-powerful magic form, do something like that? Or did she just you sort of what? open a portal? I f- totally forgot that Morgan's body in episode four is taken away. Do you think the mm. voodoo lady might have had something to do with that? Like, it was the plan. I don't think it was the plan for her to get killed by LeChuck, but um, do you think she had something to do with Morgan's missing body? Maybe. Or like a hungry bird? Yeah, it could be a bird that was like, like a, ooh, 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 dinner is a served. A big old vulture carried it away? Yeah. Or like a crocodile. Yeah, that could be in. your thing. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they'll explore that in return. So, Dustin, Monkey Island fan that you are. Yes. Hello. Got any fan theories about the Voodoo Lady's whole thing? Why did she do any of what she did? I don't. I honestly don't know. It's I, I don't know what it could to be. Think, like, what could the purpose of any of this be? Yeah, but I like that they keep it mysterious. It makes me wonder, like, oh, what could they do with this? Like, I I don't feel like I'm ripped off by not getting an explanation to her whole deal. Yeah, so I could imagine that if they were playing through all the Monkey Island games to get ready for development of Return, that seeing something like this could be a big reason that you'd think, oh, maybe we could continue the story. Um although we did already just talk about how we kind of don't expect them to pick up on this thread so much. 
Yeah, uh, I it I don't know why it just doesn't feel like something they would want to do. Yeah, uh, I can't speak for them, of course. It's just kind of the impression I get. Yeah, but if this is in the future of uh, Tales of Monkey Island, the Voodoo Lady's presence is not something you can just do casually. You need to really yeah. think about what you're doing if this is in the and, future of this game. And we know she's back in return, so I, I guess we'll see what exactly they do with her. Mm-hmm. I I do feel like it would be kind of a disappointment if they just went back to her just being the ominous advice giver. Yeah, yeah, I do too. That wouldn't be great. I I feel like that's the I'm prepared for that to be the route they're going down. I mean, she I'll can still, still do that, also. Um, yeah, but if that's like all, her only purpose. Mm-hmm. Also, someone called the pox of Lechuck Lechuck and pox. In this yeah, episode. and Guybrush is like, "Oh, that's great! We should have just that's called it." That's so that. much better. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if that was also fan feedback of like they should have called it Lechuck and Pox. <laughs> I like that. That I feel like that is something. If that's the way it played out, that is something they could only do in episodic format. Yeah, I guess <laughs> you got to really weigh your uh, pros and cons. It's one of the pros. <laughs> can... Yeah, if it wasn't episodic, you wouldn't have gotten that joke about. Uh, you can do in jokes and with the forum. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then there's another well, post credit scene. Oh, yeah. There's two. Th- can you believe there's going to be a season three of Sam and Max? <laughs> yeah. So they, they do a pan up to uh, the flag on the top of a mast of a ship. And it's the Jolly Roger, except it's Max's skull. And then it says Sam and Max 2010.com. On the I remember of the screen. this was huge when I played this. I was like, oh, Sam and Max is back. Oh, boy. Um, so I went there. I went to the website. Did you do this recently? I did not. I just assumed it was down. It is it absolutely no down. Time. You can buy it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> I think that you should. I think that there's a game out there. There's a fairly well-known game out there that will just give you a link to your website if you buy it. That's pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> let's let's make it the domain of telling the tale. Fuck. Okay. <laughs> I do want to do that. <laughs> um. So yeah, I think we've sung the praises of this episode. It's no surprise this one's uh, the best of the season. But are there any other uh, little things you wanted to bring up? Um. Hang on. So I just went there again to to look at what it says, and it says the domain is for sale. To purchase, call afternick.com at a phone number. I don't want to call Ooh. a website on the phone. I don't want to talk to someone. Yeah. So it's it's for sale. I wonder how much. Okay, it says that I can get a price in this if I... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're legit thinking about it now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope not very many people listen to this episode and jump on it. Well, <laughs> there's some time between us recording it and me uh, uploading it, so I hope There's that... a ticking clock. Okay. One thing I enjoy about this episode... Um, so at the beginning with the ferryman... Uh, you need to get... Sorry, everyone, for taking some time to... <laughs> it's okay. It, it, uh, but you gotta get two coins, and this is 
a reference to a myth. Uh, I I think it's pronounced uh, Charon's Obel, which is a myth about having two coins put on your eyes when you die to pay to use the fairy to the underworld. This is the second instance of Charon's Obel that I've seen it in right. a video game this month. What was the other one? Uh, it's the entire premise for the game The Forgotten City. Wow. Yeah. So I was I was ready for that. What's up with that? <laughs> <laughs> it's neat. I like having that little uh, mythology for something like this. Isn't there something like that in Sam and Max as well? I, I think it's just the soul coin you need to get on the subway. So kind of similar. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's... The subway is the river Styx. It says so yeah. on the wall. So you so need a coin. So that's two Telltale games. Yeah, it's two Telltale games. Um, it's it's just a. I guess video games really like this idea of coins <laughs> that you give to <laughs> the Grim Reaper. Hmm. What a thing. <laughs> hmm. What do you know about that? Well, what do um, you do? I like that uh, Reginald Van Winslow hooks up with uh, an enemy. Anemone. Uh, one of the mer people. I think that's uh, that's a great little pairing they got going on. Yeah, that's fun. That, that's cool. I hope that that sticks around if we see Winslow in a prominent role in this game, in this next game. Man, that's just... It's it's really kind of building myself up for disappointment, being like, yeah, I how hope, much of this are they going to carry I over? Hope I hope in it. I hope Morgan's <laughs> in it. I hope the Voodoo Lady storyline is fulfilled. Um, I hope all the pirates and the manatee come back. I hope the manatee itself is back. <laughs> Both manatees. I, hope, that I mani- hope more in manatees. A loving relationship. Expand the yeah. manatee population in this universe. I want more manatees than anyone else. Well, it's, it's interesting to want these things and then also be like, I kind of want to see what you were going to do with uh, with number three originally uh, with the theme park. This game has a lot of duties unfortunately that's not in a good that's not a good place to be if yeah and i'm not gonna hold it i'm not gonna hold it against this for not you know ticking off all of those boxes they're just they're just kind of hopes and wishes but i i do want to judge the game on the game itself rather than what i want Mm -hmm. um Um, oh what were you gonna say you know what's kind of interesting something i'm thinking about i think tales might be like the only game where i really want to see stuff come back like i'm thinking about like characters in curse and even two and one like we know we're getting characters from those but i don't think there's like anything there where i'd be like really disappointed like the pirates of low moral fiber from one and two i can take or leave them i don't think anything from three i'd be super excited to see come back i mean i'd be happy to see them come back well, i'm stoked to see but... stan come back we know stan's there oh. Yeah, but Stan's like a mainstay. He's one. He's like Murray at this point, where it's like, well, it would just feel weird not having him at all. But like smaller characters, like, like I really want to see Winslow and Morgan come back. But um, you know, like even all the characters from two, I'm like, they serve their purpose there. I I don't need like all the pirates you get the map pieces from. Or even the the barbers from th- from Curse, um, I think that says a lot about the characterization in this game. Well, we'll we'll just have to see. It's in nine yeah. days from this recording, so uh, won't be too far off. Won't be too far. Dustin, why don't we uh, head into our segments? 
I would love nothing more than to go into our segments. What's your golden moment? It, it's just got to be the showdown at the end. It's got to be. It's so cool. It's kind of hard. This episode has a lot of potential golden moments. Um, I think the part with the ring is really good, the payoff. But, uh, you know, we sung its praises so much. I just think this does such a good job of having a final battle that actually feels like the big final confrontation against LeChuck, where he means fucking business this time. Like, in the other games, he's he's always tried to kill you, but it's always still felt very jokey. Yeah, they even Um, comment on that, like, you've never outwardly tried to kill me so hard before. Yeah, and LeChuck says, it was the biggest mistake of my life. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, uh, it's great. Uh, we already talked about why this scene is so great. I don't need to go into it anymore. What's your golden moment? Mine is the Morgan LeFlay sword fighting compliment insult thing. Definitely. That that would probably be my next one. I think it's the best puzzle in the game. Mm-hmm. One of the best puzzles we've seen on the podcast so far. Yeah, and I... I think we were discussing this before, but it really makes me kind of reevaluate insult sword fighting in general. Yeah. About how even the... Yeah, we discussed it before, but still. It, it's such like a classic moment in Monkey Island, but in retrospect, I don't think it's very good. Mm-hmm. It's, it's funny, but as a gameplay mechanic, it's a slog. It's not fun to get all of these insults. And here you're just given all of them and it's done in such an interesting way that, it, oh, it's great. Uh, Potent Pickup. Um, I don't know if we're going to have the same one, but I had to give it to Franklin the dog. Yeah, mine is the ring. Um, yeah, also very good. But yeah, Franklin the dog. I also like that you can have at one point in this episode just some money. <laughs> yeah, some money you can just use for like the grog machine or... You give it to the uh, ferryman. Uh, you, they I think call there's it another a whole point. eight. Yeah, a whole eight, not a piece of eight. A <laughs> yeah. whole eight. This is that's great. This is the whole. This is the whole deal. It's a lot of money. But the ring is a very good pick. Yeah, uh, I'm. I'm definitely with the ring on that one. Franklin the dog is good though. I like that little puppy. Yeah, I do, I love dogs. I love having this little dog. It. So, Galeb says he's his dog, but then he says he's not. Uh, something about Galeb is he's a liar. Yeah, well, he says things and then the opposite of those things. So, one of them's the true, the the yeah. truth, and the other is a lie. Which means that as much as a liar he is, he's also a pretty honest person. <laughs> I, guess, I guess I can't be too mad at him. Yeah, for every lie he's told, he's told the truth. He's a good character, too. He's not, like, a major character, but he's still memorable. He has a presence. I believe Galeb, or or something of that name, like, that name's a play on something having to do with underworld mythology. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm only kind of remembering what it is, but that was, that was something that popped in my head. I should look that up later. Well, something about Galeb is that's just the name he gives you. It doesn't... Who knows if that's his real name because he's told everyone else different names. Mm-hmm. And if you, you you can go through a whole... You can ask him what his name is and he'll go through like a whole list. One of them's Squinky. I love a Squinky. To, he should be called Squinky. Yeah. <laughs> Squinky would be very good. Uh, a reference to Sam and Max Season 1, Episode 1. Who's your weekly guy? I... 
am giving it to Guybrush this episode. Yeah. I, there's so many good weekly guys in this episode. Everyone brings it 100%. But Guybrush is the one who goes through so much in this episode. And it's just cool what they do with him with like, you're a ghost and now you're a zombie. Um, and his voice actor does such a good job, not just in the whole season, but I really love this part in the final battle where, like, you he really sells that Guybrush is just getting the absolute shit kicked out of him. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I think I'm going to have to agree on Guybrush. I was thinking maybe Elaine, maybe Morgan. They both had very strong moments. Yeah. Uh, especially Morgan. Morgan's a close number two. But Guybrush, uh, just as the protagonist, does a lot in this episode to bring it all together. Mm-hmm. Although I do have a runner-up weekly guy. Okay. I couldn't give it to him just because he has such a minor presence, but I said my runner-up is the ferryman. Yeah, that's Just good. because he has such a cool design. And he's funny. He's a funny character. Uh, I like when you, uh, you smear dirt on the side of his boat, and he takes great pride in his boat. So... You're like, hey, I think you got a little uh, smudge there. And he's like, nay. And then you're like, no, yeah, it's right there. And he's like, oh, pig knuckles. <laughs> and then he goes <laughs> to clean it. Uh, it. I like how uh, anytime you ask him a question, he just says, honestly, either yay or nay. But then sometimes he'll break from that. Like, if you ask him too many questions, he's like, look, look, just <laughs> just listen to me here. You, you do have a little shred of life left, whatever. Um, do you have a weekly unguy or an unweekly guy, depending on your nomenclature? I don't. I love everyone in this episode. I and every character that came back, I was like, it's them. I'm glad to see them again. Winslow comes back. Uh, Anem- Anemone comes back in a great way. Uh, I love seeing uh, Grind Stump and Bug Eye back here. Um. I guess if I had to give weekly unguy to anyone, it might be the pirate in the treasure hunting area. Mm. Just just because he doesn't really do much, he's not that memorable. But I do like him. He is very funny. Guybrush uh, says, uh, so uh, how'd it go with LeChuck back on Spoon Island? And he says, how do you think it went, smart guy? Yeah, that's, <laughs> I, I guess, worthy of unguy. I would probably yeah. give it to the voodoo lady just because I think that her plot might not have been thought through. Um, Maybe, but I think it's... I mean, I said it earlier, I didn't feel like ripped off that we never got an explanation for it. It just leaves me wanting more. But I guess she does have kind of... For how big her role is in the story, she doesn't really have much of a presence in this episode. I have a hard time believing that there's been 13 years of someone who used to work at Telltale, just knowing how her plot was supposed to go. I kind of think <laughs> that they just were going to make it up as they went. Maybe, but I think that would have been fine if it came all, if it came together in the end, uh, which it didn't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't fine. <laughs> there you go. Um, do you have any, uh, linguistic gymnastics this episode? No, I have tons. Like, I felt like I had way more lines here than I have the last, like, three episodes. Uh, go for it. Um, let's see. I already said the Pig Knuckles one. <laughs> there's one part where, um, in the treasure hunting area, there's a skull on a sign. 
And Guybrush is kind of surprised. He's like, uh, oh, oh, who? I thought it was Murray. Not that I'm scared of Murray. Murray's a punk. Yeah, yeah, that was good. <laughs> um, let's see, just going through my list. Um, so there's a part where you go through a portal and there's a treasure chest in the jungle. And Guybrush has gotten so used to being able to just pick any lock on these treasure chests. And, uh, but he can't now. He's a ghost. He says, oh man, it's locked. And I left my hook on my other body. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, this isn't a line, but I, I do have something that I, I liked the uh, discussion. They were talking mm-hmm. about the actual purpose of LeChuck moving those monkeys around was that if they were all in the exact right place, it just opens a portal to the crossroads. Mm-hmm. Um, and winslow was talking about the, why there is this monkey here in the middle of the ocean above the manatee cave and he said that lechuck had convinced elaine just just right here in the middle of the ocean is actually this monkey's natural habitat <laughs> just right in this specific spot yeah because you think of elaine as a very smart person a lot of the time but uh maybe maybe not maybe not i have a much. feeling my theory is she didn't let LeChuck know that she knew. I The way it came across to me was she knew LeChuck was just putting on this nice act, but she was letting him do it just to get a handle on what he was doing. Although she probably should have just said something when he was putting these monkeys around. Yeah. She should, she should have probably known that something was uh, not quite on the up and up. I would have loved to see the conversation where LeChuck says, Well, we're here. <laughs> this is where this <laughs> monkey is from. This exact spot in the middle of the ocean. And Le- Elaine has to go, yes, I... That sounds right. I concur. <laughs> <laughs> he seems happy here. We we all agree. We all love this. This is good. <laughs> um, One thing I like, it not the... I guess it's not like a funny line, but I like when uh, LeChuck is just pummeling Guybrush around the ship and he brings up various things, like he talks about uh, Morgan. He's like, did you tell your wife about Morgan yet? But uh, Elaine's just like, what? Who cares? I, I know. Like, I like that she trusts Guybrush enough to know that uh, nothing happened between the two. Yeah. Even when it seemed like maybe they should. Hmm. But, um... Is that a real I, opinion you have? Well... I don't think that they should have, but it just seems like these two are a good match for one another. Um, Like, they bring up a few times, oh, they could really just, like, be together and just sail the seas and be pirates together. Well, you and I have had a conversation, a deep conversation, about how Family Guy should probably just have Peter and Lois break up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it what a thing to bring up on our monkey island yeah maybe they can get to that, that in the before. telltale season of family Guy. we've talked about how uh joe and peter should potentially swap lives and wives <laughs> so, yeah lives and wives Lives and wives that could be the name of the episode and i don't know why we think i really don't know why we think that <laughs> but but we do well and i it think would it, be good. It, it's just it's just because of that one episode where Peter and Bonnie really hit it off. I, I don't think there's anything going on between Lois and Joe. I mean, they're friendly with each other. Well, I think but... I think that Lo- this is not... Actually, I've decided we're not doing it. I've, <laughs> I've decided we're not having a conversation. 
putting a, the kibosh on that. Yeah, that, well, that's been that's been our episode. <laughs> well, hold on, I have a few, okay, a couple okay, more okay. lines. Just since you don't have that many, I'm gonna go through them. Uh, there's when Guybrush comes back to the ship and Elaine is still under LeChuck's spell. Uh, she's gonna attack him with the cutlass again, and she says, uh, "Are you ready this time?" And Guybrush just says, "Ready for what, sweetums?" <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there's a part where, um, <laughs> this might be my favorite line in the whole episode. It's, uh, you're talking to Grindstump and Guybrush is asking about his body. Uh, he says, uh, and why am I posed like that? And Guybrush and, uh, Grindstump says, it's zany. The customers love it. <laughs> it's too zany. You've you've brought that up to me before. The idea of something being too zany? I definitely have. (laughs) It's a a turnoff when something's a little too zany. I think it's fine if the purpose is to be too zany, but you don't want something too zany in a series that's just zany enough. Yeah, yeah. Uh, My my last one I'll say I don't like Crash uh, Bandicoot's crossed eyes on the cover of Crash Bandicoot (laughs) games whenever he has crossed eyes and his tongue's out. Too zany. Um, too zany. I get where you're coming from. I just kind of think of Crash Bandicoot as a zany character, but I think that might be because one of the first games I ever played in the Crash series was Twin Sanity, so I was just used to that. Oh, I don't uh, think it's outside of his character. I think that Crash Bandicoot is a very zany character. I don't like that, and that's why <laughs> I don't like him that much. That's fair enough. Um, But the last one I'll say is when LeChuck is... Uh, pummeling Guybrush and he says you always wanted to be a pirate didn't you and Guybrush very weakly says or a fireman or an astronaut you know yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh that's I have some other ones but I'm gonna cut myself off I'm gonna exercise restraint all right well Dustin thank you for joining me through these tales of Monkey Island that's been oh my pleasure our series of episodes on this season we will be back with a very special. <clears throat> I had a Take I, I had a throat in my throat. Uh, with a very special episode on Return to Monkey Island, the upcoming terrible toy box game. Uh, <laughs> I I I'm glad that's the direction it went in because after you said terrible, I was going to be like, oh geez. I wonder <laughs> if they have that fear a lot. Yeah, terrible toy box. Well, why would I want to play something terrible? This game is terrible. Toy box is new for a <laughs> Oh man, that's both such a stretch and also like a legit thing that could happen. Yeah, uh, I hope uh, that they've thought that through. And we'll be back with uh, more regular Telltale stuff after that. But until next time, I'll miss you. Yeah, stay stay clean. Keep keep those ears waxed. <laughs>